When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. All that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfectly. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 98 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Heavy lunch, D. Welch with you. Uh, I'm in Allegan, Michigan, where there's about three inches of snow on the ground. D. Welch is in the Queen City, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And we are at the Thor Sport episode, episode ninety-eight. Uh, <laughs> who else? Was, who else was ninety-eight? <laughs> uh, Parnelli Jones. <laughs> oh yeah, um, duh. sorry, Parnelli. <laughs> there are a lot of NASCAR good, guy. Yeah, a lot of good <laughs> NASCAR guy. A lot of good ninety-eights uh, over the years in motorsports. But yes, we welcome you to. The 98th episode of the Loud Pedal Podcast. Um, the episode we had Keith on, episode 94, was actually our combined 300th episode of our career, D. Welch. I don't think that's right. I think it's 200th. Yes, it's 200th. Wow. Why did I say, why do I keep saying 300? Is it because 300 is more impressive and 200 is not? And I just need to, <laughs> we just need to blow I mean, by it like we did. 200 is pretty, pretty impressive, I think. We put up with each other for 200 episodes of uh, yeah, motorsport. Like over four over four years. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's been a wild ride. Uh, I've gotten a lot fatter, and you've uh, <laughs> you're getting a got lot a older. <laughs> you got a beard. Uh, we're on video. We we started audio only, right? Yep. You'll rip the farts. Uh, had, we had to di- we had to dig through the archives the other day to to calm down somebody on Facebook that didn't think there was anything ever done on Stevie Reeves. We had to dig through the archives and find it back in the day. Stevie Reeves has done more for this podcast than Dylan. Probably. Uh, he's, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. He's, 
He's had like two episodes on Rip the Fence. He's had an episode on Loud Pedal. He's hosted multiple episodes. He's like gotten 10 us episodes. a bunch of really good guests. He, he's gotten us all the Kevin. Well, he our relationship with Kevin Olson was from Stevie Reeves. Our relationship right. with Stevie or Sleepy Trip was Stevie Reeves. Our relationship with Mike Bliss was Stevie Reeves. Like he's gotten a lot, got us a lot of good Sills. guests. Jimmy Sills. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of these people, that's, that's what you have to sometimes think about though, do you all just that the people that are watching this loud pedal show or listening to this loud pedal show on flow, some of them don't even know those exist. The rip the right. fence shows. So yeah, we do it. We had Jimmy Sills. We had sleepy trip. One of my favorite interviews was sleepy trip. Um, you know, of course, Jack Hewitt, he's friends with Jack Hewitt. He's friends with Mike bliss who still currently works with Chad boat. We did. He's been on the loud pedal podcast, but we, um, I won't rip the fence. So we need to kind of introduce some of these other characters still. Uh, you know, of course, Kevin Olson, our dear friend, who we are going to party at the Chili Bowl for this year, um, passed away uh, during the off season, or actually it was in February when he passed away. I was in Ocala when he passed away. But um, yeah, anyways, we've done this show for a long, long time. Uh, we've gotten old in the show, right? 200 episodes, and hopefully we'll get to 300 episodes before I croak. Um, today on the show, Abacus Racing's owner, uh, Brent Cox, right? Um, am I saying that, that team name right? It's it's Abacus, Abacus right? It's not yeah. that hard to pronounce. No, I think I called it like a Bicus the last time we were, we uh, <laughs> talked about uh, the show. But anyways, Maria Kofer, um, you know, formerly drove for them. She has uh, since retired. Uh, you know, uh, hung up uh, the racing suit, if you will. Um, and her dad still helps with the team, wrench on the team. But we do have some breaking news today. That we will break now. Uh, D. Welch is going to defend his Chili Bowl start, Chili Bowl A main start from last year, and come back and run yet again at the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. This will be what your eleventh start in that building. Yeah, eleventh straight year. Pretty Abacus crazy. Racing. Abacus Racing is who we will drive for uh, with teammates with Daniel Whitley, right? Uh, one of the, the micro yeah. shoes out there. Uh, out west in California, who has been you know tearing it up in the midget, had a non-wing start at the Oval Nationals that was impressive as well. And uh, Chet Christner talked about him last week. He is now going to be your teammate, so a two-car operation. And we will talk to Brent Cox about that on the show today, along with why he's in midget racing, why he loves r- racing, and and all-around good guy, man. He's he's a good dude. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's like a lot of us, you know, that just was a race fan and then and kind of parlayed his business success into now um you know owning a midget team and and you know certainly has some some big aspirations for it and i think has the um the business understanding of of how to grow it you know most efficiently so um i'm excited to, to race for him you know they've uh you know they've got logan cv and, and daniel whitley in their cars for the west coast usac races um you know throughout the next couple of weeks which will obviously be a great um you know kind of a great tune-up for everybody um, before we get to indoor season and, um, and they've got great stuff. You know, they, uh, Maria was really good last year on her prelim night, um, before kind of getting caught up in somebody else's mess, but that was the best she's, I thought she's been in that building, um, this past year, you know, in, in, in those cars. So, um, excited about it. Be a lot of fun and, and, um, you know, excited to have another shot to go for, uh, a main number three now for Dale, I guess. Yeah, three for Dale. Uh, Maria's a gasser, obviously, and so is Logan Seavey. Um, that's a great hire for uh, Brent Cox and, and the Abacus Racing team. Uh, Seavey knows those tracks well. He's from California. Um, he's a USAC National Midget Champion. Um, I think that's a good pairing, and we'll see what he and Daniel Whitley can do out west. 
potentially dirt draft material, I think, uh, for Logan CV. Stamp it right there uh, for me for the next seven races. Um, tonight, actually, we begin the um, – is it tonight? Yeah, tonight. Yeah. Bakersfield. What the heck am I doing? Tonight, we begin the Bakersfield. Uh, and then the Hangtown 100 is this week as well. Um, big seven races for the USAC National Midget Series. I am actually going on vacation out west with the midgets, but I'm not going to any of the races. Uh, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to San Francisco. I'm going to hit Napa Valley. We're gonna we're gonna hit the West Coast, but I'm not going racing. This is uh Mama's uh, vacation. She's uh, off for uh, you know, you know, my wife uh, is off for uh, vacation here, and we're uh, gonna go out west and drink some wine, D Welch. Where are you going? Well, we're landing in Vegas, then we're gonna drive to San Francisco. We're gonna stay around the Golden Gate Bridge for that week, but we're gonna try to hit Napa Valley and a few other places around there in San Francisco and that general area. Uh, in the nice. West Coast, and then drive fun. back to Vegas and fly back. That'll be good. Um, I'll be watching Flow every night, including uh, tonight when I'm still at home, of course. But uh, yeah, it uh, Bakersfield tonight for the USAC National Midgets and uh, Brent Cox, Logan Seavey, and uh, Daniel Whitley will be competing. So looking forward to talking to him. Let's get into our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week, brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration, our friends at sundollar.net. They're based in Carmel, Indiana. Water, fire, mold restoration in the greater Indianapolis area. They'll put a roof on your house. Uh, Kimmy and Jason, great people, great friends. Today is Zebby's birthday. So oh, I'm that? sure that is definitely Kimmy's hat shake. Um, he turned 20 years old. He's one year away from a legal drink. I don't think he's ever drank before, though. I don't know. Has he? Good kid. He's a good kid. I think he's too good of a kid. You think so? Yes, sir. Zebby Wise, uh, you'll see him in the Rudine Racing 26 next year with Sun Dollar on the side. Um, he is Kimmy's hat shake of the week. I don't know who Jason's is. He hasn't uh, sent me one uh, this week. Who's your hat shake, D. Welch? We can go through some winners. I don't even know who, who raced. Let's hit some winners so I can do some research. All right, let's hit some winners. Terry Gray scored the 95th career USCS win at Southern Raceway on Saturday night. Uh, Hayden Campbell won the other night. Uh, Drake Edwards won at the Billy Schumann Tribute. These might be old. Donnie Schatz won. Brady Bacon won. I don't think anything's happened since the Oval Nationals. No, probably not. Oval Nats and uh, uh, World Finals was it. was most recent oh, stuff, probably. Oh, well, I think we had a short track Super Series race. I think Ricky Thornton Jr. won by 10 seconds. At the Peach State Classic, uh, really, really <laughs> stomped their ass um, and won $53,000. Brandon Shepard won the Castro Flow Racing Night in America Championship, uh, which is a good payday for he and Rocket Chassis. The team is no longer together, but they did win a Castro Championship, which nothing to sniff at. I think it was like thirty grand or something. Don't know the actual uh, money that they won, but uh, all I know is, is that Ricky Thornton Jr. won by over half a track. That's Sonoya on Saturday. Yeah, well, so who's I was going to give mine to the Sonoya people because uh, yeah. of their track prep miracle that they pulled off, basically, you know, tarping the racetrack. And then they had a helicopter come in and try and blow off the top layer of muck and stuff, which I don't think it's the first time anybody's ever done the helicopter thing. I feel like I've seen that somewhere before. Um, but it reminds me of, 
when I was working for USAC at Lanco, it rained real bad one night with the midgets and they had actual like squeegees out there squeegeeing the racetrack off, just trying to do anything to race, you know, that kind of, that kind of dedication. So, um, thought that was awesome that, you know, they were, uh, willing to go to those lengths to, to put the race on, which, you know, not a lot of people would have, would have cared that much. So good, good on them. That's a good one. Badass effort by Sonoy Raceway, Bubba Pollard, um, and that group down there. Yeah. Like the, you mentioned, I think, right. That there was a chopper. Like, yeah. An actual yeah, like, helicopter hovering. Like when I looked at that, I'm like, no, like, okay. Like I, I understand we can, we got a race like, and, and I appreciate the effort, but like, dude, you can't be that close to that fence with a chopper wings going. Like we all know how Davey Allison died, right? Like, do we need to be like that close to a racetrack with a chopper? That seems super dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sketch, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it was bad. It was a small helicopter, but you know, all I cool. know is yeah. you don't have enough money in the world to get me to ride in that helicopter. Like, I think it's only a one per, it looked like only a one person helicopter anyways. So they, you wouldn't have fit in there anyways. I wouldn't have fit in a one, one person helicopter. What do you mean? They <laughs> <laughs> like get, get the wide body model in there. <laughs> no, but that seriously was a badass effort by Bubba Pollard and that team uh, to put tarps down and, and to make that race happen, even though uh, Saturday's race wasn't great. You know, Ricky Thornton, you know, stunk it up, but um it was still a really, really good effort by that team, and that's that's a good hat shake. I, I really do like that uh, $7 hat shake. Who who am I going to give mine to? I know this might have been a call from last week. Um, Danny Buck, one of my friends who races the Short Track Super Series, he, he, I, you know, he used to race go-karts around Lima when he was at UNOH, and you know, we used to drink a lot of beer together. Um, he actually won a short – it was his first Short Track Super Series win uh, last week. Uh, so I think that's where I'm going to give my Sun Dollar hat shake to. I know, I think, I think, uh, there was a cool story on flow this past week that Coleman Presley won, uh, a late model stock race with Joey Logano as a spotter. This happened yeah. a week after Joey Logano won a championship in the cup series. So back to back wins for Logano as a spotter for Coleman Presley. And then, uh, as a cup champion the, the, the week before, and of course, Coleman Presley is a spotting cup champion. Uh, so yeah, spotter driver duo swapping efforts there and winning on flow. That was a cool story. Yeah, that was at Hickory, I think, wasn't it down here? Yeah, the fall brawl. Yeah. So that's uh, those two are my hat shakes: Danny Buck and Coleman Presley and Joey Logano for their efforts on All flow right. uh, and the fall brawl. All right, those are our Sun Dollar Restoration hat shakes of the week. PlayDirtDraft.com, our friends at Dirt Draft. Uh, the Midgets are heading out west for seven races that you need to play. Uh, the USAC National Midget Series Championship on DirtDraft.com is coming down to the wire. Make sure you set your teams. I always forget. Um, my buddies, uh, Ethan Marks and Ken Marks, they set alarms uh, to, to remind themselves every single day to set their Dirt Draft teams. I mean, that's, the only, that's the only way you're going to win a championship. That's the only effort you have to give is to literally just set your team every night and you have a shot to win the championship. I messed up on race two of the USAC National Sprint Car Series Championship this year after I won the first night. I forgot to set my team the second night. So, uh, <laughs> Is there money that involved is where, in this? That is where my team went downhill. You win prizes, D. Welch. Uh, so on Dirt Draft, you win points, which then you pay for those points on prizes. You can win like a Yeti cooler, like a T-shirt, uh, like – 
a flow subscription. Uh, there might be other subscriptions for other streams that I'm not going to promote. Uh, you know, you know, you can win prizes on dirtraft.com. Um, so that's what you win. I don't know what other prizes they have yeah. on there. Maybe they have a Larson uh, diecast, the, the ones that finally came in. There you go. Uh, I know that uh, those diecast models had been talked about for almost a year now uh, on on the flow on the flow channels. So glad those those came in. Uh, I thought it was a little bit of breaking news for everybody. But anyways, dirtdraft.com, play the game. Uh, good time. Seven national midget races coming up. And Brent Cox, who owns Abacus Racing, he will have two cars out there. We will break some news next, even though we already did it. D. Welch running the Chili Bowl. We'll talk about that. All that and more on episode 98 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow. Gentlemen, start your engine. The race car is tour historic. They are the ancestors of the current Indianapolis car. But we're not here for horses, we're here for horsepower. Welcome back to episode 98 of the Loud Pedal Podcast. As we promised, a car owner with the USAC National Midget Series, Brent Cox, joins the show. Um, he is an accountant, so I wanted to start off with the first question because you know I obviously have to make a joke uh, on this podcast if you watch the show over the years. Um, so as an accountant, you know, and and – you know, do you advise clients investing in race teams or are these like the, the best times to be profiting on a race team? How does that work? That's a trick question. So, uh, you know, yes and no. I mean, obviously, as Dylan knows, I do a lot of work in motorsports, represent a lot of different people in motorsports and racing is an expensive business. Everybody knows the old saying, how do you make a million dollars in racing? You start with 10 million. Um, it's uh it is one that if you do it right, can be lucrative from a tax deduction standpoint, but you've got to have a long-term plan. I feel like I've got that with Abacus, but um, but it is, uh, it's an interesting investment to say the least. So Brent, you, I want you to kind of tell your story just because there's people on here that, that maybe have seen the team and, and don't know you or don't know who you are and, and just kind of your involvement in, in the racing scene in general. So explain how you got involved and interested in racing and, and just kind of why you wanted to start a team now. Sure. Well, I, I grew up in Anderson, Indiana, so I went to the Anderson Speedway a lot as a kid. And then um, as a family, we would go to Winchester. Uh, we would go to, it was called IRP back in the day. It's called IRP again. So I grew up going to a lot of pavement races. So grew up a huge race fan, obviously big Indianapolis 500 uh, fan. And then, um, so just always stayed involved from, from a fan perspective. Then uh, in the late, uh, around 2008, 2009, I had a friend of mine who was my attorney at the time. We decided to start a race business. And um, we knew the economy was kind of going downhill, but we decided, what the heck, let's see if we can do sponsorship uh, type work, uh, fulfillment. And it went okay. Um, but then we got a call uh, to actually uh, promote the 2011 Milwaukee IndyCar race. And um, we thought that was going to be our, our big uh, foray into racing, and it, it didn't really go that well. Um, and so we kind of dusted ourselves off. And my racing days at that point, I thought, oh, this might be kind of done because I it's been about three years in it and hadn't really gone anywhere. It really kind of gone backwards. But then I got a random referral uh, for the chief marketing officer 
uh, of Andretti Autosport at the time. And what I was able to do with that was take his connections, married up with my experience, and it kind of took off from there. And so what's happened from that point, which was a 2011, um, I started to pick up a lot of work in racing, enjoyed racing, but I'd kind of gotten away from the short track stuff. Well, then I started to kind of get back into it, um, picked up a few folks that were familiar with it. I got to know, obviously, your dad real well, Dylan, and they got to know you. You were racing, so I started watching it again. And a couple of years ago, I just I had started thinking, well, do I just get involved from the sponsorship standpoint, maybe start sponsoring uh, some drivers? But then I just had this idea. I was um, sitting in my garage in September of 2020. It was when they did the USAC double-double. And uh, I'd gone to Gas City the night before. And then that Saturday night, I was watching with my son on flow. And something kind of triggered in my mind, you know, why don't you start a little race team? And so that's where it all started. And uh, I've loved every minute of it. It's been a, a real fun experience. We've got a long way to go uh, with the things that we're trying to accomplish. but. I feel like for a first full year team, we're doing okay. As always, uh, that little fun experience to start a little race team has turned into potentially three or four cars at the Chili Bowl, yeah. two cars going out west. Uh, you know, as a business guy, you 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 are right. Like you had right. a plan. As you know, we have to we have to make this profitable and we have to make it grow. And we have to have a plan for the future, right? Yeah, we did. And, you know, when I first started, we, the whole plan was just I was going to buy and build one car. And I was just going to kind of trail along with somebody else um, and kind of use their equipment and their trailer. And But then um, I got introduced to Maria Kofer uh, through a mutual acquaintance of ours, Anton Julian, who was one of the first that I kind of talked about the business side of this to. And when I met Maria and then her dad, Johnny, um, it just that's where it kind of escalated because they liked what the connections I had. They liked kind of the goal that I had for the team. And so they were the ones that sort of made me kind of pivot and say, well, let's kind of do, uh, maybe do something a little more independent. And so that's what we did. Johnny had, at the time had a car and a trailer. And so we kind of started with their stuff with the BC 39 and 21, but then started to build our own stuff um, into 22. So it's been, it's definitely been a pivot. It's been one pivot after the other. And uh, it's been really, you know, like I didn't in my wildest dreams think we would run pavement at IRP, but Johnny had a pavement car. So he said, all we need is a motor. Uh, unfortunately, the most expensive part of a midget is the motor. Um, but we bought a motor, put a motor in it and uh, and ran all the races out there this year. And so it has. It's 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 just been it's been a neat. It's been a neat experience. But to your point, Tyler, it just changes constantly. Well, and to that same point, you know, now Maria has decided she's going to step out. And so um, you have some seats to fill. So you, you have Daniel Whitley in the car, who um, is a young kid from California, who I guess doesn't have a ton of midget experience, but seems like he's been pretty fast. And then for these West Coast USAC races, you guys have got Logan Seavey in the car. So um, explain how you found Daniel, how you got connected with him, and then um, just the value of having somebody like Logan that's going to be able to to kind of give you a really good understanding of where your your program's at. Yeah, so it was it was you know when Maria stepped down, it was kind of like okay, you know, like for the first time, it's like what do we do? And Johnny Kofer, uh, Maria's dad, and Kirk Simpson are both from California, and so they knew a lot about Daniel. 
And so immediately they were like, we need to put Daniel in the car. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, and anytime you mention an 18 year old kid, right. You're like, immediately I'm like, well, I have a 19 year old, I have a 17 year old uh, (laughs) boys. I wouldn't think of ever putting them in one of these cars. Right. But Daniel had been driving 360 sprints out West. So the funny story is he got a call on like Tuesday and said, can you be in Oklahoma? We did a, a couple of races with power eye there. And I think he was so excited. He, he might've literally run there um, and did really well. Won the very first heat race. So that was one of the funniest stories. You know, he wins his heat race, um, you know, very first national race he's ever run in his life. And they're like, go to victory lane. And he's like, I have no idea where it's at. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Hannah, uh, you know, is interviewing him on dirt vision. And I felt so bad for the kid. We hadn't really briefed him on much of anything. And he, he fumbled everything. We was so excited <laughs> and, and we laughed about it ever since. I mean, he was just such a good kid, but you saw what he did at oval nationals. You know, he went out there, got in a 410, uh, non-wing car for the first time, made the feature, um, you know, got a lot of, of, of really positive publicity from that. So um, we're excited because we do think that he has some some long term uh, benefits for us and and um, think he's going to be a, a, a tremendous racer. By then coupling that with Logan, who, you know, is a proven commodity, it's going to be great for us because the car feedback Maria gave great car feedback. But Logan's experience is going to be very helpful because obviously he's a former USAC champion. And we saw that really at IRP with Justin Grant. When we were in Justin Grant at IRP, you know, it was just it was just such a, a neat experience because Justin's got so many miles and so many different cars um, that the feedback there was really strong. So to, to have Logan in the car, who I had just kind of started a relationship with him uh not long ago we hadn't seen each other we but we had just gotten together i kind of asked him what he thought about our team and what his kind of what's his perspective right because it's a new team you know you wonder and had nothing but good things to say and then really kind of turned into hey you know would you be interested in driving for us in california he's like absolutely so i think he's excited and i know we are Stevie's a great hire. There's no question about that. He's a really good race car driver and a good midget driver at that. He's a, a USAC champion, so I commend you guys for that. I was going to ask you, and I think I kind of get the link, but you have hired all California drivers. Um, yeah. Maria Kofer, Logan Stevie, yep. Sheldon Creed. You, yep. Right, Creed ran for you, right? Yep, Creed ran for us uh, in the DC 39. And Justin Grant on pavement. So I didn't know if you had, like, Cali connections because then I hear you grow – Grew up in Anderson, but I think it's probably the Kofer angle, right? That's been more the Cali connection. Absolutely, 100%. You know, Creed came through uh, the relationship that Maria has with uh, his soon-to-be wife, Cammy, um, And then, um, and then, yeah, all the other – like, there was at one point we were testing at IRP the night before we raced, and the trailer – I think there were eight people in the trailer, and I was the only person from Indiana. I mean, literally everybody in the trailer was from California. And um, so, yeah, so the, the California connection is is obviously very deep in our team. Well, we're going to have another Indiana guy with you at Chili Bowl, right? Yes. So we, uh, we can talk about this now that – yeah, we can talk about it now that it was announced yeah. this morning that, uh, you know, that we get to team up for Chili Bowl. So – uh, and it's going to be a two-car team, right? You'll have Daniel there and, and myself yep. as well, so that'll be a lot of fun. That is correct. I think it's going to be great. And one of the things that we mentioned in the press release, you know, when when I 
started at because you were somebody I kind of had in mind, right, to work with. And but then you came off a pretty rough chili bowl in 21, you know, and you were kind of like, right. I don't know if I'm going to race much. And and then, you know, you kind of started popping around again. And then when we talked uh, not long ago about the opportunity to work together, it it it's really a neat thing for me because you were one of the reasons I kind of got back into to watching short track racing again. Um, I mean, I was an old rip the fence guy. I, I listened to all of it. And it's one of the things that really got me back into this sport. Um, and so I, I couldn't be more excited to have you in the car. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be very competitive. Um, so I'm excited about that. How do we get a hat shake sticker on there or something? Cause Dylan is like terrible at marketing and, and he's like the worst. So like, it's kind of just me that has to take care of it. So what, what do we got? We'll figure something out. You get your contact information. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get connected and we'll figure out some things we can get on the car. Cause you know, I, I do think that it'll be, I think one of the things I think our team is doing a pretty good job of is kind of marketing and social media and doing some different things. You know, another love I have is hockey. And I was actually able to marry the two at the BC 39 with our Indy Fuel sponsorship. And those are things that I feel like our team I pride myself on kind of pulling those things together. I've had, I represent a lot of IndyCar guys, and I can tell you every one of them is fascinated by that midget. They all, they, you know, a lot of them have said they want to drive it, but none of them want to race it. They want to drive it. You know, they want to go out to a test track and, and, um, and race it. So, but we'll, I think we'll get some good traction out of Dylan being in the car and we'll definitely get a hat shake sticker or something on there. That would be pretty cool. For what it's worth, you know, like the last four years, he's been like, oh, you know, you never put a sticker on the car. Well, he never gives me he never gives me one to put on the car. So I'll put I'll put one on there, but he has never given me one to put on the car. So it it starts at the top, doesn't it? So I think it's challenge accepted. Yeah, I will say I will say, you know, you mentioned his 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 difficulty in the year prior uh, at the Chili Bowl, right, where he he, wanted, yep. he, he felt like he wanted to hang it up after that, you know. Yep. He felt like he got dirtied, right? We got the middle finger. We got the awesome moment, you know. Um, but then he comes back the next year and Saturday night, like, puts it into the show, you know, his second Chili Bowl. Like, that That was one of the greatest nights of racing just for me because I'm such a good friend of his, right? To see him get in the show, to see Kaylee Bryson become the first woman to get in the show. Like, you know, that was just an awesome night of race. To see Thorson win it, new winner, like, like Saturday at the Chili Bowl last year was one of my favorite nights of racing. But I mean, you got a guy who just was in the Chili Bowl main. Like that's got to feel good, right? It feels great, and that's one of the things. When I called, it was funny because when when Dylan and I talked about it, and we kind of come to the agreement we wanted to do it. I said, "Well, I don't think anybody on the team is going to have an issue with this, right?" So I called <laughs> and talked to Johnny and said, "Hey, I think we're going to put Dylan in that second car." And he says, "Like, well, heck yeah!" He goes, "Cause that." That kid knows how to get around that track. It's exactly what he said. And it's funny because people from the outside in that look at this style of racing, it, it looks archaic, right? But once you get down, you watch what you can do to these race cars and the adjustments you can make to these race cars. It is anything but. It's very technical. It's extremely technical. And so there's no, I don't think there's any surprise. Some people just get certain tracks and Dylan's got the chili bowl down. So I'm, uh, you know, for us, our goal last year was to make the BC 39A main. We came two spots away with Sheldon. Um, he finished eighth. I was begging and pleading for a provisional, but um, that <laughs> didn't happen because that, I don't know if you guys 
remember the the show that Sheldon put on in the B main, but it was it was I mean the guy's just a true gasser. It was a lot of fun, but um, it's 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 going to be fun to have Dylan in the car because we know he'd get around that place real well. Well, and I think too, you know, to that point, and and you know, something that maybe a lot of people don't realize, you know, that Maria was in a really good spot to maybe not lock in on her on her prelim night, but be a top ten car. She was a top ten car. Um, you know, drove past us on our prelim and then got collected in a rack. So, um, you know, your guys' stuff there obviously is is good too. So I think um, you know, Johnny obviously as as good as he is, he knows how to get these things set up and, and Kirk as well. So it'll be uh it'll be good. Yeah, that's the thing about the Chili Bowl. It's like winning the Indy five hundred, right? It's not just having the fastest car. You've got to get through two hundred laps, seven pit stops, not get caught up in a crash. The Chili Bowl is the exact same way. And to Dylan's point, but a strong car. She just got caught up in a, a car spun in front of her. She broke her right rear or front right shock. And uh, if we had been pushed to the work area first, I think we'd have gotten it fixed and got her back out. But she was the last one. So by the time she got there, they started the clock. We didn't have time to fix it. So that's Chili Bowl. That's the way it is. But uh, yeah, we felt like we've got a good combination. So I'm excited. I'm excited to. Uh... You know, hopefully you let me hang around your pit a little bit, you know, especially. We, we have a lot of fun. We have a good time at our pit. That's good. I like, you know, I'm a fun guy too. So, and you got, you got a lot of fans now, now of the team because, you know, the farts, they love to follow where Dylan races. So but, yeah, they're excited about that. I think. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a good was, time. You know, I, I, I'm excited. <laughs> I was going to ask you, so how hands are, how, how hands are, uh, how hands on. Wow. Check, check. One, two. How hands-on are you uh, with the race team? Like, we have a buddy who runs, you know, Sun Dollar Restoration in Carmel, and his partner, his friend Kimmy, is a huge race fan, and that's the reason why they invest in race teams and drivers uh, is because Kimmy's such a big race fan. Jason couldn't tell you the difference uh, from one part to another on any of these race cars. Uh, or are you kind of like a Brett Lane, you know, of Lane Racing, who works on the cars, travels with the team. Uh, where are you at? Are you kind of in the middle? Well, I'm, I'm – so what I would say is when you look at the structure of the team – um, you know, a lot of the administrative stuff and I've got help, you know, we've got, uh, people who do our social media and I've got people that help with a lot of logistical things. I would say I'm pretty hands-on with everything other than touching that car and making changes to the car. Um, you know, um, and, and I just, I was up there this week when they were making final changes and, and, um, and doing all the things they were doing. And I, and again, I marvel at that, but, um, I get to a point where I won't even scrape mud off the car. I just feel like I don't want to break anything. I don't want to do anything that, um, but, but they, you know, that's it, but I'm heavily involved. It's a, it's a daily, you know, I'm involved doing stuff daily for the team and uh, it's important for me and the things I do. But uh, I would say um, other than actually physically working on the car, uh, that's about the only thing I leave to the professionals. Well, and I think, I think too, you know, Brent, like because of your connections and your involvement just in the city of Indianapolis, like you bring a different side of the business than yep. a lot of the other teams can. Right. And that's and that's kind of what separates Abacus from other teams is that um, there's there's a level of corporate business involvement that is on the table, maybe more so for this team than there is for other teams. I believe that. And one of the things that's been nice is I've tied in with a lot of other events that I do. Um, as a matter of fact, um, the sponsor we put on the side of, of Daniel's car is Forecheck Marketing, which I actually own as well. And really what it does is um, does a handful of fundraising events 
um, a year for um, charities usually related to somebody that's involved in, in racing uh, or has a race uh, theme to it. Um, it also is the kind of managing member of, I've got three uh, track suites out at IMS. So I activate a lot there. So to, to Dylan's point, a lot of things that we do ties all that together. So uh, when you get involved with the team, there's a lot more to it. I think that's one of the things the sponsors really like um, because they can see it on flow. They can touch and feel it when we're racing around here, but then there's other things that they get. And, and that's important. Um, I've watched it on the IndyCar side for years. Your activation programs are what really make a lot of the, the sponsor deals work. And I feel like we do a pretty good job of that. We've got a long way to go, but we do a pretty good job of that. You mentioned you're a huge hockey fan. I am as well. Um, you know, the Western Michigan Bronco hockey program is awesome. And I live right up here and we go to a lot of their games. Um, you know, the Kalamazoo Wings, they're right down here. They're on flow. So is the Indy Fuel, one of your partners. Um, yep. How'd you fall in love with hockey? So it was funny when uh, my uh, both my boys played hockey and my wife grew up in Canada um, and spent some time in Canada. So she became a hockey fan. And when my oldest uh, son started playing hockey at five, I was not happy. I didn't like hockey. And one of the primary reasons I didn't like hockey is back in the day, they used to preempt the start of an IndyCar race. So if, say, the, <laughs> the hockey game went into overtime, I'd miss the first 20 laps of, say, the Long Beach race or something. It would make me so mad. <laughs> he started to play, didn't really like it. Um, but then he asked me to, to go out and skate with him at open skates. And it was very terrifying because I didn't grow up ice skating. But once I started to, to even skate a little bit, the love of the game took off. And I actually ended up coaching uh, for about 12 years. Um, got my coaching certifications, became a huge fan. Um, actually got lucky the year I became a fan. My wife's like, you got to pick a favorite hockey team. And I said, you know what? I, I grew up a big Boston Red Sox fan, so I picked the Boston Bruins, and they actually went and won the cup that year. And the That's only thing that it wasn't fair, and I'm not going to argue with you on that, but the only, that was the only thing I think they won uh, the Stanley Cup. I was standing in a hotel room in Milwaukee, um, not having the greatest time of my life, but at least the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup. And uh, But just been a huge fan ever since. And then through youth hockey, I got to know the Hallets who owned the Fuel and uh, ended up being uh, fortunate to do work with them uh, on the business side as well. So bringing it together at the BC39, and they want to do it again next year. So I think we're going to see uh, a similar program probably expanded, do some more. Um, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. So it's a great sport. Anybody who doesn't watch hockey is I would say the same thing. Anybody who doesn't watch short track racing, you're missing out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a great partnership and a great marriage. Also, uh, the name Abacus Racing. Where did that come from? So an abacus is an old mathematician's tool, right? Used to um, calculate you know various numbers and equations and stuff. So I didn't want the team. I wanted it to be about the team and not necessarily about me. So I wanted a name that, that kind of stood out. And so um, so I came up with the name Abacus because that's kind of synonymous with accountants and, and so forth. I really didn't realize how hard it was going to be for a lot of people to pronounce it. I just thought it would be easy. You know, everybody, oh, it's an Abacus, but uh, we get a lot of Abacus. And um, and so it's, it's actually kind of endearing a little bit, you know, that people – you know, slowly get to know it, um, the name of it. But that's where the name came from. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, finally, you know, we talked about your business and, and, you know, how you want to turn your race team into a business. What is the future? What does it look like? Do you guys want to be a full-time USAC, you know, 
team is your goal to win a championship you know putting cv in for these seven races like is that you know a test to potentially go full-time racing in the future what does the future look like for your team so i definitely think that we'll go full-time usac racing next year with at least one car um so we're excited about that and then we'll certainly you know sprinkle in some some power eye and and various extreme outlaw stuff like that we'll do the pavement races again next year um which that's a lot that was so much fun because we actually picked up a track suite out there and entertained a lot and that was a good time and then you know i do think that we'll look at other other disciplines within short track um i would love to own uh, sprint cars at some point um and the silver crown thing is extremely uh interesting i think that is a series i think all of them are on the up but i think silver crown is really on the up and i think you look at the exposure that it's getting and certainly, you know, what Kaylee Bryson did a few weeks ago, uh, Springfield really helps that. And and then you look at the competition between CV and, and Swanson coming down the stretch. It's It's been, it's great. And that's the only one of the three USAC series that has both disciplines built in, right? Pavement and, and dirt. So that's fascinating as well. Though you're seeing a resurgence in, in pavement, but uh, so our goal is to definitely expand and, and run full-time next year and uh and then maybe expand into other other disciplines as well that's great to hear we need more guys like you in the sport honestly well and and i'm glad to be part of it you know i believe in this sport i believe in what it uh what it provides especially for i mean look a lot of people ask me why midgets why start with midgets i said because really because it's it's really not it's, it's probably cheaper to actually be in sprint cars but but midgets I said, how often can you look around a paddock and go, oh, well, there's Kyle Larson, there's Chase Elliott, there's Connor Daly, there's midget racing is, is it's fascinating to all forms of drivers. And I think it's the one that you just won't see those guys hop in a sprint car. You won't see those. Now, Larson will hop in anything, but a lot of them, you know, when you look at what people will do and, and, and are willing to drive and want to drive midgets, it's, it's pretty impressive. So, um, I like being a part of it. I want to be a bigger part of it as, as we go along. Well, yeah. And, and Mitchell racing is more entertaining too, right? Like, yeah, you're right. Like an on-wing sprint car is cheaper. You win more money with an on-wing sprint car probably, but uh, the midget racing is more entertaining and there's more connections to NASCAR, right? Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, um, you know, Connor Daly, like you mentioned, those guys, they've all been in midgets. Chase Elliott's been yep. in a midget. Like um, the connection to NASCAR and to bigger auto racing, IndyCar and all that is uh, more prominent with the midgets absolutely absolutely it's something everybody really ties to and just i think identifies with thanks for coming on the show man thanks for hiring dylan too he, no he i'm excited <laughs> it's, i'm excited it's gonna be a great run for both of us i'm really looking forward to it <laughs> all right thanks Brent. thanks for coming on the show all right Appreciate you bet it. it guys thanks